You're listening to The Dealmaker's Edge with A.Y. Strauss, diving deep into stories behind commercial real estate leaders. The Dealmaker's Edge highlights the stories, struggles, and successes behind major commercial real estate investors. You'll get a behind the scenes look at commercial real estate leaders and their unique edge. We hope you'll follow along for regular episodes, highlighting exceptional voices of the commercial real estate industry and beyond. Justin, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Really excited that you're here. It's uh, fantastic to have you on. Maybe we'll start off with you giving just a couple minutes of your background, your overall biographical sketch. Sure. Um, My name is Justin Ehrlich. I grew up in Merrick, Long Island. Um, I have one sister who lives in California. My parents also live in California. I currently live in um, the West Village in New York City, have three kids, three boys, twin 15-year-olds and a six-year-old. I I went to Boston University, the School of Management, and graduated in the year 2000. Thereafter, I went to NYU at night and got my graduate certificate in real estate investment and finance. That was the beginning of my entrance into the real estate business. That's terrific. I know you started initially in family business and then you started at Eastern, but maybe you'll walk, walk everyone through how the first few years started for you in commercial real estate. Sure. So while I was going to NYU um, at night, I worked during the day for my father who was in the interior and exterior and holiday decoration business doing sales. It was extremely antiquated. He basically... Um, did not allow anyone to have computers or cell phones. It was basically just landlines and going on the subway to meet clients and sell them and serve, you know, provide services for the plants and flowers and um, holiday decorations. It was very old school mentality. And it was not what I was used to graduating in, you know, basically the year 2000 with computers and all different types of technology coming online. And I said, this is not what my future is going to be. And I said, dad, I'm going to try out real estate. And then I went to Eastern Consolidated where they gave me a a blue book and made me buy my own laptop computer and said, go try and get owners to sell their real estate when I really didn't even understand real estate. So that was basically a shock, but it definitely was a nice entrance into the business. And thereafter, I got a, a job at a, at a company called Broad Street Advisors, which was a real real estate investment banking firm that did, you know, took on large assignments from, you know, JP Morgan, Deutsche Bank, portfolio sales. And I really got into the analytics and started understanding properties and where value was created or where value was. So um, that really enabled me to understand basics of real estate. Terrific. And I know when you were there, I remember we discussed around uh, 2008, 2009, at crunch time, you went through some stressful periods like everybody else who was in real estate at that time, which only made you stronger. You want to walk through how the the crisis hit you? Sure. So in, in, I, I went into partnership after Broad Street Advisors with a college friend of mine. And this was, I want to say around 2007, 8. We actually, before that, I was 
before that, I left Broad Street. I went to work with, I just went off on my own and was basically syndicating deals. We ended up buying 5-7 West 125th Street, which was a very large plot of land um, right off the corner of 125th and 5th. We were going to do a, re- a mixed-use project with retail as well as hospitality above. It was going to be approximately 400,000 square feet. Had $30 million of equity in the deal as well as, I want to say, approximately $30 million of debt as well. And our takeout financing, this was only for the bridge portion for the acquisition, and our takeout financing was Lehman Brothers. And when Lehman crashed, our financing went away as well as the basically all financing went away. Yep. So we ended up having to give that back to the bank, which was extremely difficult because I had friends, family. It was really my first major deal. And it really taught me a lot of lessons about, you know, just a lot of the unknowns and, you know, try to be fully capitalized when you go into the project. And yeah, and it seems like you bounced back and learned you didn't you didn't lose your edge or your your cool. Right after that I actually went into business with uh, my college friend and we got the backing of several Taft-Hartley pension funds, which at that time it was really, uh, you know, nobody had capital. So we got allocated approximately $300 million of debt. So which would take us into certain ratios, which would allow us to get very high up into the capital stack. Mm-hmm. And we bought literally a, probably a billion dollars worth of debt and took over those those assets through bankruptcy, foreclosure, deed in lieu, whatever the mechanism was, and executed the business plan. And we, we really did very well. Fantastic. And fast forward all the way through today, um, you've really built Churchill into a really dynamic, multifaceted platform. You want to just describe the Churchill platform generally? So Sarab and I started uh, Churchill in 2013. Sarab was a, a good friend of mine for a long time. He worked at a private equity shop called Onyx. And I wanted to step away from development and really just start getting into more, less risky investments. So in 2013, you had um, a lot of banking regulations like Dodd-Frank, Basel III, and a lot of the banks were not lending short-term bridge, mez, construction, especially to all of the foreign capital that came in and banking um, inexperienced developers. So we really had our pick of the litter in 2013. It quickly outgrew the depths of our pockets, and we brought on partners like Blackstone, Angelo Gordon, and many other very large institutional accounts. We put out approximately a billion five from 2013 to 2018, and really we pivoted tremendously our business in 2018, which was a time when we had a warehouse line from Man GLG, which is the largest, I think the largest publicly traded hedge fund in the world. Mm-hmm. And the guys there that managed our warehouse line wanted to leave because it was just too bureaucratic as well as they didn't have equity there. So they asked Sir Rob and I to back them in a 
residential business purpose lending platform, such as doing like fix and flip loans, all short duration loans for non-consumer based housing. And we backed them and we've grown our business today. We manage a little over $4 billion of capital for institutional clients. We do everything from warehouse lines to residential lenders that focus on business purpose lending, non-consumer, ground up multi, bridge multi, fix and flip, one to four family, townhomes, condo inventory loans, basically anything short duration, as well as we do 30-year uh, debt service coverage ratio, fixed product with prepayment penalties. And that the, both products we aggregate to securitize either in CLO or securitization. And that business, we're buying approximately $250 million of short duration paper per month and either putting it into a CLO or trading it and making a spread. So we have our asset management business where we manage a few billion dollars and we put that capital out into warehouse lines. So we lever up lenders up to 75, 80% of their loan amount at rates anywhere slightly sub three, all the way up to four, depending on the credit of that respective lender and really allow these lenders to make, you know, great levered returns. Sure. So, I, know, I know that the platform is, is working because I know we're actively working on extending one right now, yep. which is a lot of fun. But also tell me more, I mean, obviously the platform is really built, but tell me about your use of tech. I know you have some really proprietary software you've built in-house. You're leveraging some, some really interesting capabilities. And I think that's really put you on the market in a way that other competitors may not be. What can you talk to us about that? So my partner, Travis Masters, who um, is one of my partners down in Charlotte, we have offices in New York, Charlotte, Tokyo, Florida, and California. My partner, Travis, was a SAS. He graduated from the SAS Institute. He's a SAS coder. He created or worked on and enhanced tremendously the um, risk management software at Wells Fargo, and then took that, that software, I guess, development to Man Group and built the 2.0 version of the Wells Fargo. And now at Churchill, we have the 3.0 technology, which really does investor relations, asset management, it helps us with credit. We have information from all different sources. Since my partners, Travis and Derek, were one of the first people in the residential transitional lending space, the amount of data that they have over the past 15 years of working in the space is tremendous. And they've been following this data and continue to put it into this technology. So our ability to underwrite deals, as well as do credit and um, give people opinions on value is extremely quick. So one, we're extremely responsive. We're extremely transparent with our investors. We're able to make excellent credit decisions to you know, make sure that we're you know, just lending at the right values. All right. So going back, I want to talk also about your edge. You, you've, you're a tried and true New York developer. Uh, you've seen multiple cycles. You've built a tremendous platform. You're raising a family. You've got everything happening in your life, and it must be insane. How do you manage this day-to-day -day mental aspects of your success? You know, what drives you every day to manage this massive amount of responsibility? You're fiduciary for a ton of capital. 
how do you manage yourself? How do you get in the right headspace to, to do your job properly every day? So I think it's in, in my DNA to wake up and want to be performed to the best of my ability. You know, I, ha- I had a, a grandfather and father that were definitely my mentors. And I watched them, how hard they work. And they always put in everything into every day, which was really inspirational. I also love just winning. So I'm a very competitive person and I really love being the best at what I put my mind to. So, and I really am passionate about what I do. So I think that first and foremost, you know, my family always comes first and I really try and make as much time as I can to be with them, eat dinner with them at night, show them that I'm there for them. But when I'm at business, I put in a hundred percent into my business and my partners and all of my coworkers, we share the same, you know, morals, values, drive, and, you know, we're all here for the same reason, just, you know, being the best company in our respective field. Yep. I can vouch for that. I've been in your office and there's definitely that energy in the space. Someone wants to get in the business today. It's obviously a very strange time, commercial real estate, and you're coming at it from interesting angles, but what are you telling that person graduating school today or taking their first job as a broker or, or trying to take down their first asset? You know, what's, what's your sort of words of wisdom for their career arc? If you could do things differently or how would you talk to that person about getting into the market today? Yeah. So we have young uh, graduates that come to us all the time and they ask the same exact question. And my response to them is, you have to find someone that's going to spend the time with you to train you and really give you the time to mentor you. And you don't just take a job for the salary, you take it for the education in the beginning. So yes, obviously we all need to put food on the table and provide shelter for ourselves. And however, the amount that you can learn in, from someone who's willing to really focus on you and teach you is tremendous. So I would say, don't look at it for the, the salary, look at it for the education and what this place can provide and what the person that you're going to be working for can provide you as well. Because I think that's the most important in getting you know, uh, to the next stage of your career. Perfect. And speaking of next, next stage of your career, you're extraordinarily active today. What do you think five years from now you'll be doing? Just focusing on uh, whatever the investment thesis is at that time period, I guess. Yeah, I think we'll continue to really focus on the residential space in the business. It's very scalable. We're underhoused in the United States and people are always going to need a place to live. So I think I see in five years we'll We'll have better sources of capital. We'll be tapping into, you know, the public markets. We'll just we'll just find more efficient ways to do our business. So, and hopefully that translates into us being more successful. Great. Um, while we have anything else you'd want to add, any tips or tricks or words of wisdom for anybody else out in the market listening to this? I think, yeah, just put in the hard work and I think uh, you'll get there. Perfect, Justin. Well, very inspiring. Thanks for making the time. Awesome chatting with you today. Thank you for joining the Dealmaker's Edge.